Hello, everybody. I'm Dane Gentry. This is Tired of Being Knocked Down podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, tonight, I'm going to do something a little different I hadn't done yet. I'm going to uh, open up the NA book, and I'm going to read something out of it and, and talk about that. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to uh, talk about uh, the Tradition 8, Applying Spiritual Principles. Uh, I think it's something that's huge. Uh, I think as... As you grow in the program and, and all that, when you first come in, you you might have, a, you might not believe in God, you might not whatever, or even if you do, um, or believe in something, you know, um, we start applying these spiritual principles to our life. That's when we start seeing big changes. Um, I've said it many times. I'm a spiritual person. I'm not really a religious guy. Uh, I don't get into the religion and stuff. Uh, I just choose not to. Um, yes, I do read the Bible. Uh, actually. I've studied it uh, quite thoroughly, um, but I was at a meeting tonight, and um, this whole spiritual thing kind of kind of come on. And uh, hey, Nick, how you doing, buddy? You want to come up? Um, let's see if I can get Nick to come up here. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of hey, buddy, how you doing? Hey, we're good. How you doing? Man, I'm good, man. Uh, I went to a meeting. Come in. I got back a little late, so I had to eat something real quick. I was going to come on at nine, but um, I'm going to be talking about, um, I'm going to read something out of the NA book tonight, man, do something a little bit different. I hadn't done that before um, and talk about spiritual principles. Um, hey, Bella. Uh, Beth will probably be on too in a little bit. I don't know if she's going to talk, but she might be on um, also. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read something about the spiritual principles, man. Uh, I think it's huge in recovery. Um no matter whatever your belief belief is, um, spiritual to me is what it's all about. That's when we we start uh, seeing those changes. But um, before we get started, Nick, how's everything with that problem you had? Everything good? No, I'm headed home now. But uh, no, it's I'll, you know what can you do? What can you do? Yeah, I know, man. Uh, what I think about is, uh, I had never really done that. I did do something kind of sort of that one time. And I think about that kind of stuff, man. I used to be that person. You know what I mean? And, uh, I think about that a lot. Uh, Bella was here. I guess she, she hung up, I guess. Uh, there's Carrie. Hey, Carrie, how you doing tonight? Um, all right. So I'm gonna read something out of this NA book tonight, man. It's on tradition eight. It's applying spiritual principles. Tradition eight is one of the simplest, most straightforward of the 12 traditions. Likewise, the principles underlying the eight tradition are eminently practical ones. Humility, prudence, anonymity, and integrity. Um, I just finished dinner, too. I had to come in and fix me something to eat real quick, Carrie. Um, my buddy Nick's on here. He's, he's usually on here with me. Um, Carrie is in my area, and she's told me um, yesterday she's listening to all my shows. So now she's on here. She was on last night. Uh, Nick, just so you know. Um, humility, prudence, anonymity, and integrity. A NA group exercises humility when it does not pretend to be anything more or less than it is. We do not claim to be professionals or experts in anything. We are not physicians, psychiatrists, or therapists. We are recovering addicts. All we offer is our collective practical experience in getting clean and learning to live clean. The value of our program comes from the identification and trust that exists between one addict and another. Um, that is so huge. Um, today, the just for today reading today or the daily meditation was all about sponsorship and the newcomer and these kind of things. Um, and that's so important. So 
when a newcomer comes in, you know, the most important thing is to grab them, man, talk to them. Don't let them sit there and, be, and feel isolated because it took a lot just to walk through that door. Um, it takes even more to raise your hand to, and say that you need help um, when you're in there and that you need a sponsor. You know, as a man, I can't, I can only speak from a man's point of view. Uh, one of the hardest things to do is to tell another man you need help. Um, but it's so important to do that because if you, if you listen to this and you're struggling, don't, I understand I was nervous too. And I always considered myself to be somewhat of a, a tough guy or whatever. But I remember the first time I ever raised my hand and spoke and man, I was nervous. My voice was cracking and, um, you could hear it, uh, kind of like my first show was <laughs> on here a little bit. Um, but that's what it's all about. We need the newcomers. We need them um, just as much as, as y'all need us. And, you know, people ask me all the time about your hugs. There you go. It's all about that hug. Uh, it, it truly is. You know, and, and again, I, I was always one of them. I didn't want another man touching me in any kind of way. And uh, But now, you know, I hug just like, you know, like it ain't nothing because we need that. No matter how much we think that we don't. Um, I was going somewhere with that and I forgot where I was going. Um, something about the newcomer and the sponsor. Oh, um, when you ask another man for help, you know, don't just ask. I mean, you can ask the first person. Um, but really what you want to do in my opinion is, you know, you'll hear somebody share something and you will feel like that they're, they're talking to you. Um, you can ask the person right next to you to be your sponsor. And even if they can't, they can lead you the right way or it can be your temporary sponsor uh, just to get you going uh, and do the 90 meetings in 90 days. You know, everybody wants to get to know you uh, and they really do mean that when they say that. Um, and you're going to feel love if you if you open the door and let it in. That's all you're going to feel. Um, and another thing, people ask me, this is what I was going to say a while ago. People ask me all the time about my sober day, how long I've been sober. And something hit me yesterday and I said, I've been sober today. Um, and I wake up and I get sober every day and I'm just one bad turn away from not being sober again, just like everybody else. And, uh, in my opinion, uh, the hardest thing to do was to say, was to stay sober 30 days, got the year it ain't all that it gets easier. But then first 30 days, the first 48 hours and whatever is the toughest, especially if you're going through sickness or whatever. And, uh, you know, I primarily talk about NA. I used to do AA and the reason that I don't anymore is because, I spoke in a meeting one time and I said, hello, my name is Dane. I'm an addict. And they tried to shut me down, um, telling me that uh, that wasn't what that was about. And uh, so here's the deal. A drug is a drug. I don't care what it is. Um, I was an alcoholic, too. when I was very young. And so and, and most al alcoholics, they just hadn't tried anything else. But if they if they would, they would probably find that they would be addicted to that as well. So that's something that and. That's something that I don't like about the NA, about the AA program. I will say, um, more times than not, the AA program is more structured than the NA program. Um, it's just a different it's a different group of people, but it's all about love. Yes, you can. I'll call you in, Carrie. Give me just a second, and I'll hit something. You'll see something a little green come on your screen there, and you just hit it. Should I send it to you now? Um, and I saw one of the one of the craziest things I ever saw in a meeting. I was in Florida and I've talked about this before and that's where I got sober, but I was in Florida and, um, I was in a, uh, it was an AA meeting and this guy was in there and I, I knew by looking at him, I could tell he was broken. And, um, Carrie, are you on here? It's showing me I'm connected with you, but it don't show me if you come up, if it didn't just send me a message again, I'll hit it again. Um, but I could tell the guy was broken and, um, you know, we'd already done all the readings and stuff and people were sharing and he raised his hand. And the first thing this man said was he was a younger guy. And the first thing he said was, I need help. 
that's the first words come out of his mouth. Um, I didn't hear you. Uh, let me, let me see. Let me see if it's, I'm going to do it again. See if it'll get you this time. See if it, I saw it where it says I'm connected with you, but it's not showing you popping up here. I don't know why. It should show me on my screen, but I, I still don't see you. Are you on? She's on my screen. She is on your screen. I, can you hear her, Nick? Carrie, can you say something? I don't, I don't even see her. I see her over on my left-hand side, but I don't see her as far as like right next to you or nothing, Nick. I'm not sure why that is. Um, when the guy said that he needed help, that should have been the first thing. And no matter what he said after that, uh, if we go by what we, we say and all these readings and all these things, he needed help. But what he said was, is that he'd been in, he was in a halfway, uh, house down there and uh, he had relapsed. And had been drinking and smoking crack. When he said that about smoking crack, I saw the old heads in there. I knew. I was like, man. But I was hoping it wasn't going to go as bad as it did. And as he was, he had been talking. He <clears throat> basically was saying that he he had got kicked out of his his halfway house and stuff, and that uh, uh, he didn't know what he's going to do. Is that another? Well, this older gentleman in there said, "Won't you just?" basically shut up and wait till the meeting's over somebody talk to you you don't do that you know what i mean they they say you got five minutes but when somebody's really got something going on you kind of let them talk but but when that guy said that this other lady said we don't do that you don't do that then he told that lady shut the f up i mean that's the words from out of his mouth i had that's the only time i've ever seen that happen in a meeting and uh it turned into i thought these two guys was going to fight over it and of course i was ready to get out of my seat but i didn't have to or somebody else on that guy talking to a woman like that but um that's just kind of things that you know, had that been a newcomer to come in the door the first time, he, he would never come back, man. Um, and we don't want to do that. We don't. We want you to know that we love you, we care about you, and, you know, no one, it doesn't matter if someone has 30 years, they're no more important than you are. Because, again, no matter if you've got 30 years, 10 years, 4 years, you still have to wake up every morning and do it again, uh, every day. Um, uh, for me, it's gotten a lot easier. I, I can't speak for everyone. Uh, I got a routine. I know what I do. I get up every day. I don't have cravings. Thank God. Um, I haven't had a craving in, in a long time. And um, I'm very thankful for that. But I used to always notice that when I would get sober, I wouldn't have the cravings. Um, I know a lot of people would. Carrie, um, it's showing me being connected with you, Carrie, but I don't know what happened. Um, I'm going to invite her again see if you come on. It may be on her end. I, I think and let's see carrie wants to call in there we go sent you an invite it should be see it's showing me connected again are you on here carrie nick can you hear anything i can't hear anything can you no i don't hear nothing mm -mm. for some reason we're not hearing you um uh, make sure you ain't muted but again i don't even see her i don't know why it's doing that um Huh? I'll leave the room and come back in. Yeah, just hang up and then uh, then I'll call you back up again, Carrie, in a second. Let's see if it if it'll do it then. Um, I'm gonna read on a little bit in this book real quick. Um, we further exercise humility when we recognize that sometimes we need professionals to help us fulfill our services. We place great emphasis on the therapeutic value of one addict helping another sometimes to the extent that we are reluctant to hire professionals assistance when we need it. 
but some NA services require too much time or expertise for our members to fulfill on a strictly volunteer basis. We mustn't allow our pride to prevent our fellowship from hiring the help it needs to support its services. All right, I'm going to invite her again. Um, hello. Can you hear me? There you go. There you up here now. How are you doing? I'm okay. Okay, I can hear you. All right, we finally got it worked out. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I can barely, situation. I can barely hear you. Nick, can you hear? Yeah, it's real low. It's really low. You're no, you're low to me too, Nick. How about that? No. Is that better? Yeah. It's a little bit better. I'll pay real close attention. I'll be able to hear you. Well, I'll find, it said I should maybe use my headphones, so let me see if I can use my headphones if that works better. Sometimes, I'm going to be honest about it, if you just um, take your headphones off and just talk through the speaker on your phone, a lot of times it's better. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't have my headphones on. Okay, I can hear you. I can hear you better now. Um, I'm gonna say I hear. Yeah, I can hear you better now too, Nick. Maybe it's yours. <laughs> it may be. It may be. I hear you. I hear you real good now, Nick. Good. One of my first meetings, I went to an AA meeting, and I introduced myself as, you know, I'm Carrie. I'm an addict, and I got shut down. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't go back to to an a, an AA meeting for like two years. And that's what. NA, um, but I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go to AA because I was like, that's just silly. We're all addicts. If you're addicted to alcohol, it's a drug, and you're an addict. But they don't look at, you know, they. A lot of them look at it like we're worse than that. Yeah, and you know. In the NA reading, we say that, you know, we specifically say that about alcohol. Um, that's different. But for a long time, even Beth couldn't understand. I would go to AA and she's like, I don't understand because she's never seen me drink. Um, I would even when I was still using, um, I would have this deal where I would be like, you know what? I'm going to drink something. And uh, I would get a six pack of beer or, or a bottle of vodka or something. And I would take maybe two or three sips out of it. And that was it. Um, but I always remembered when I started drinking, I became alcoholic. And, uh, so I just kind of knew it. And I think that's really what it was kind of that voice, but I always just, I just felt like it was more structured, but now I'm primarily NA, but, um, I'm going to be moving. And so there's a lot of things changing. I'm, I'm fixing to be changing a lot of things and, uh, sponsor is going to be one of them. And, um, I'm going to keep the same sponsor for a little while, but, uh, and then I'm still going to talk to this man for, you know, forever. Uh, you build amazing friendships, uh, true friendships and stuff in here and stuff like that. But, and so what that's going to do, that opens the door for me to work steps again, um, which is, you know, you can never do that enough. So uh, it could be God's way of saying that I need to, <clears throat> but I'm also going to, I'm going to, um, uh, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to start doing a little bit more celebrate recovery thing. Um, I like it. And, uh, Nick, you wasn't on last night. I forgot, but you don't know that. Uh, I'm opening, I'm going on with that sober living house on the 17th. I'm going to be opening it up. Um, You're still going to open it? Yep, we're going to do it on the 17th. Uh, uh, you Beth? Yes, we are. Uh, she's supposed to come on. She's, she's on a phone call right now with um, someone she she's talking to, has some problems going on and stuff like that. But I think she's going to jump on a little while. Maybe, I don't know if she's going to talk or if she's just going to listen, but. Um, let me see. Let me read a little bit more in this book. Basically, what that was saying there is that 
don't get confused in thinking that we are professionals. You know, uh, we can sit up here and talk, you know, addiction and what we need to do, but none of us, there, there are professionals in it, but the majority of people are not, not what you need. And so if, if you have mental health and all this stuff going on, don't be stubborn about that either. Uh, reach out for that help and get it. Uh, that is very, very important. Uh, and that's been coming up a lot uh, the past few days with me. People have been asking me to talk about it and, um, me and Beth have had a show that we want to do about it because um, that's her thing. And she wrote a, a bunch of stuff. So um, we're going to try to get more resources on stuff like that. Um, and uh, and some other resources on getting some guys some jobs and, and these different things. And, uh, um, you know, the big thing about that is, is just when we started, it's just trying to get good people in and um, not weed out the bad. But you're, you're going to have relapses. You're going to have people who um you know pretty much just need a place to go and that's okay as long as you want to straighten your life out and do the right thing but if you don't you know you're not going to be allowed there um but we will try to we got contacts with treatment centers um you know if you just need to call us and tell us you're thinking about coming there that's fine too we'll get you in a treatment center and get you in a 90-day program get you in a 30-day program get you in a year-long program uh, whichever one all three of them uh, one of them three will definitely have a bed for you so just let us know all right so neither should we hire special workers for jobs we can do ourselves we must exercise prudence in employing professional assistance for our services most na service responsibilities do not require special expertise or large consistent commitments of time and again another reason of that is also is because we all have regular lives uh you know mine gets busier and busier every day but i like that um i want to be busy i'm that type of person um uh, i've always been you know i love to go to bed at a decent hour and get up early in the morning, drink my coffee and get my day started and spend time with God and do all the things I need to do to um, start my day. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, no matter what, man, you call. If I don't answer right then, I I'm going to call you back. Our members are perfectly capable of filling such responsibilities on a volunteer basis. By exercising prudence, we can distinguish between those tasks requiring the support of special workers and those we can fulfill voluntarily. You'll find a lot of volunteers. That's what it's all about, uh, service work. Um, that's huge in the beginning too. Also was making coffee, holding the door, greeting people, telling them to buy, uh, putting chairs out, putting them up and go come to me a little early. You know, don't walk in the last minute. We won't get to know you. And that's what it's all about. We want, Cause the more we can get you talking, uh, the better it is. There's a young guy and he's been coming, but he won't talk. And so I did a little something different and I don't really like to do this cause sometimes it puts people out, you know, on the spot, but went around the room and. I was hoping he was going to talk, man, and he shut down on me immediately. But everybody tried to cheer him on and talk a little bit. He's, he's a younger guy. He's going through a lot. And I get it. He's um, he's Spanish. He's been here his whole life. And in case people don't know that, they're kind of hard on addicts. Um, they are. Um, I know they sell a lot of drugs, but and they do a lot of cocaine. But if their people get on opioids or whatever, they, they shun them, man. They don't want to have anything to do with them. And uh, – so he's struggling and I know he is. And he's talked to me a couple of times. He said something to me. He said, man, when every time you open up and talk, man, I feel like you're talking to me. And I said, I am, I am talking to you. And, uh, and so I like to hear them kind of things. And I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I just wish he'd open up. Cause that's what it's all about. If we don't open up and let it out, you're not ever going to, when you get to that fifth, sixth step, it's not going to do you any good because you're not going to open up. And that again, goes back to the sponsor thing. You got to have somebody that you, that you trust. Uh, because you're the whole idea is you're letting all this deep dark bull crap that you got going on out of you um carrie did you have you do you have a sponsor carrie no, not right now. um 
won't do it correctly like if you don't have somebody you you can trust it has to be that the sponsor just has to be that one person that you know you'll call There's yeah a million excuses yeah. not to call you know i um if you make i tried call. back in 2012 well i say i tried i didn't really try it was a court deal um i had to go to rehab but i can tell you this i can still remember a lot of things about that but what i would do is i would go to treatment i wouldn't talk i would sit there and i wouldn't want them to call on me um and so i'd give this old mean look and, <laughs> and most time it'd make them where they wouldn't call on me and but i wasn't getting anywhere i was getting absolutely nowhere i was on a on a one-way train fast headed nowhere and um you know that's what it's all about it's all about comfort that's why again it's so important when you see that newcomer walking that door that you're showing up love uh, make them feel comfortable from the get-go because for whatever reason it is a very uncomfortable thing you're beat down you're broken you're at your worst you know and whether you're in a treatment center and you go because some treatment centers take them to outside meetings and some just bring meetings in something called h and oh, it made me think about that also something called h and i which is hospitals institution hospitals and institutions and what that is is that there people get together uh people that's in the program been sober for a while and they go around to these places and they share the message and speak on these different things and i'm, I'm going to get a group of them guys together um looking in about a week and we're going to do a show together and i think it's going to be pretty cool um we talked about it a little bit tonight uh, my sponsor is actually going to be there with me um and he's an amazing amazing guy a little back a little background on him when he got sober he couldn't even read and write now he's got this whole book and every bit of the literature memorized i mean it's just an amazing story um and he he's all in man and um he's a great guy uh he's come a long way you know and he was a lot like me in a lot of ways um did the time and did all that but i'll let him share he'll share more of his story um he loves this program man he he had him a he had a little badge on tonight said na police <laughs> and i said wow you you love this program so much you didn't become the police so um he got it at a convention thing or whatever but all that stuff's important you know there's a there's a reading that they do nick have you ever been to a meeting nick not a uh, AA, only court issued. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the readings that's done at the beginning, right? Yeah. Okay, we do that at every one, every one of them. And <clears throat> the reason we do that is because we as addicts, we focus with our eyes and we look and follow with our eyes. We don't really do it with anything else. And so repetition causes you to start hearing it and whatever. And there's a guy that I'm probably going to steal this from this guy too one day, but he does this deal where he takes two, he says, take two fingers and put them together. And when he's doing it, he tells you to touch your chin, but he touches his cheek. And I'm telling you right now, 95% of people are going to touch your cheek, even though he said touch your chin, because that's how we are. We, we see, you get me? And that's a pretty cool little thing. Um, he kind of did that tonight in there. And uh, I told him I was going to steal it from him because I like it. But um, really and truly at the end of the day, I don't really care which program you work. There's all kind of A's now, man. They got A's for everything. And, um, you know, they all did start um, with uh, AA. Uh, if you don't know that story, you ain't never watched the Dr. Bob story or Bob story. Uh, I, it's worth watching. It's really, you know, pretty cool how it all come about. It was a divine intervention. Um, was Bill that? was there in the town and needed, needed somebody to talk to and had the idea. And so he, back in them days, this was right after the war and stuff. So back then you'd have to pick up the phone, you know, an operator would come on and 
he just told her, uh, I want to talk to the town drunk. And uh, she gave him the number he called, and the guy wasn't having it. So he just went over there. And out of nowhere, man, here come the rest of it. But they, there was already a group before. I believe it was called the Oxford Group, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm wrong, somebody will tell me. But I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. And um, uh, it really kind of come from that. Bill W. had a friend, and um, he got sober before him and came to him kind of with that idea. It was a little bit different. They didn't have all the, the writings and all this stuff. But it was a group of men that got together to talk about it, man. Um, that's really what it is because – even back then, you know, you really didn't talk to your wife about stuff. Uh, I don't think they really had a lot to say. And, and that's where it all began. And, you know, there's something to this shit. It works. Um, it works for millions of people every day. And uh, so that's why all this stuff's so important, um, this book and all those different things. So um, I'm going to finish this on this and I'll, we'll just talk then. But finally, Tradition 8 supports the integrity of the NA group by helping it preserve what is most important about its fundamental identity. What is Narcotics Anonymous? After all, but a fellowship of addicts freely sharing with one another the simple message of their own experience. The A tradition is a firm, permanent co commitment on the part of each NA group to steadfastly maintain the feature of our program that is, indeed, a foremost value by agreeing that Narcotics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional. We reaffirm our belief that the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel. This is the heart of our program. So long as the heart beats strongly, our fellowship and our recovery shall remain vital. And that is so true. Uh, and that's why they, we do these. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? Uh, that's why we do these these conventions and things that go on. And um, I went to one back in 2012. They had it in Nashville. And the treatment center I was at took us. And I actually got to go to all three days of it. And what I remember most about those three days is, is that on the third day, a guy stood up and said he had 24 hours, which means he'd either been sober and relapsed or this was his first time. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have still to this day not seen someone get so much love. But, I mean, there's 10,000 people there. Um, and it was amazing. I mean, just the outpouring of love. And that guy I'm talking about is still sober today. I see him uh, different times. Um, he doesn't speak. I figured he'd done being a speaker by now, but he I see him at meetings and different things. And never forget people like that. Um, and so, again, uh, that's what's so important and you know in aa i've seen a lot of people who i call dry drunks um because as you work the steps and all that you get spiritual and when you get spiritual man you know we are able to let stuff roll off of us we don't we don't you know sit there and just think about something so hard anymore or, or all this different stuff and you, you just become more open and i've seen a lot of people and a lot of them are older um you, you find a lot of people that are older in AA, I just wish they'd be more open to addicts because, you know, that addict could have come there and sit there and been coming for, you know, a month, but just hadn't said anything. And when they finally speak and you shut them down, I mean, come on, you know, it's that's doing that's doing the wrong thing. And uh, it's um, it's just the wrong way to do things. Uh, and Carrie, like she said, she went and they shut her down. Um, have you ever went back to an AA meeting since then? Yeah, I can now. Okay. Um, no, well, it took it took two years and a relapse for me to go to an AA meeting again. I went to NA. <clears throat> I went to a couple celebration um, celebration recovery meetings. This is when I was in Franklin. Um, but no, it took me it took me a long time. I've been back to that meeting since. Um, in the last couple of years, three four years ago. Um, this was back what fifteen years ago. So it took me a long time. 
Not yet. See, I love that. Not yet. Uh, thank you, Bobby. I think Bobby sent me some gifts. That's the first time I saw that. Sorry, Carrie. I want to tell Bobby. Thank you real quick. I think he sent me some gifts. I see some stuff on there. Thank you. Oh, hold on a second. Y'all, sorry about that. My phone's ringing. It's going to be bad. Give me just one second. I'm on, I'm on the show. I forgot. You saw that phone call. Why? Love you. Sorry about that, y'all. Um, go ahead, Carrie. Yeah, it's, you know, again, you know, I, I always kind of, like I said, I've always uh, considered myself a tough guy and all that. But I'm going to tell you, the first time you raise your hand in the meetings or whatever, it is, it's, I was nervous. and um, But what I come to find out, and which most people will as well, is that people want to hear you talk. Uh, they want to hear what you got to say. Uh, we need it. We need to hear it because you, what you'll find, it's unbelievable sometimes to me is that, you'll be sitting there and you'll be thinking something, going through something and somebody raise your hand and talk. And, um, man, they said exactly what, I, what you need to hear. Uh, so, you know, don't be shy. No one's going to be thinking you sound funny. You look funny. Um, if you smell funny, we might tell you, you might need a bad knowledge plan. Um, but just all these different things. Do you want to come up and talk, honey? Um, and so, uh, just remember that, um, you know, you can, you can find, you want me to let you up now? You can find um, meetings everywhere. Um, that's the thing about them. And like I was talking to Carrie earlier, uh, we was messaging about Celebrate Recovery. And, um, hey, baby. Uh, oh, I'm on. Sorry, I'll mute. Sorry. That's all right. That's okay. Uh, Nick's on here with me. Carrie's on here. And Bobby's on here. Uh, Bobby sent me some gifts a while ago. Uh, 
something coming up pop i had never seen that i just pulled it back down so thank you bobby very much bobby's in england um bobby has never uh, had a had a drug problem or anything never been to jail or any of that stuff uh, so i thank you for all the support he's been on ever since the family show uh, i guess about a week ago or so it comes on every night I, I thank you so much it means a lot to me uh to know that people will listen to me who don't who don't have a problem um no, I'm a drug addict, and so we need that reassurance, and I need that pat on the back. I need to, told, need to be told I'm doing a good job kind of deal. Um, I'm a, uh, I am guess I'm attention-hungry. Uh, I get a lot from Beth, but I guess I just need to be patted on the back every now and then. Uh, what, do you, what would you say, honey? You agree to that? Uh, yes, I, I, would agree, I would agree to that, <laughs> but we, we, we all need that. Um, we all need to be recognized, acknowledged. Um, and the thing is, with with addicts, um, many or people that suffer with addiction have been put down all their lives, and um, and need to know that they're worthy. For sure. And you are. Thank you. I sure appreciate that. And <laughs> uh, a lot of people heard me say it, and I'll say it again. And I say it even when she's not on here, even when I'm mad at her, she's mad at me. <laughs> I say, uh, you know, she's the one that showed me love. Um, I, I didn't. I knew my grandparents loved each other. I always knew that, but I, I just kind of thought the whole love thing was, was a fairy tale. Uh, I, I just didn't really believe in it, but, uh, but I believed in God, but I don't think I really even had a true relationship with God a few times here or there until the whole love thing. Um, it is huge. And especially when, you know, when you got two people that are really, really good together and you are doing things, but you know, man, I, I pushed back so hard and I've done so much and, uh, I felt, you know, that I wasn't worthy. I felt that um, she didn't respect me and she couldn't respect me because, I mean, hell, how could you respect that? But, but anyway, I don't want to talk about all that. You're going to get me all whatever. But uh, it is important to be loved. And that's what the program's all about. And that's what I was talking about tonight. I was talking about the, um, I read out of the book and it's just talking about just how the NA program is and, and what you're supposed to do. And the newcomer was the reading of the day this morning. And so I read it first thing and then, in the meeting a while ago, we read it again and was talking about it. But um, <clears throat> Beth and I, we're going. I'm going to talk about this mental health thing for a minute. We are going to do a mental health show um, and talk about that. I don't know what day yet. Uh, we'll do it. I'll advertise it so everyone will know um, that we're going to do it. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's been a good day. Um, you know, I I didn't last week. I, I think I only did two live shows last week and. Um, I was trying to do one Friday night and or Saturday night, whatever night it was, and it just wasn't working, and Nick couldn't hear me, and um, I went on, and I cut it off, and I needed a spiritual recharge, um, and I got, I can't forget them kind of things that I needed to, uh, and we all do, and then I come on here, and I get all the love and support on here, and so that, that does me a spiritual recharge as well. Uh, I could tell I was off. Um, I was kind of called out about it on my sponsor as well, and that's a good thing about a sponsor, man. You know, if you got a good one, and you hadn't called them that day, they're going to call you and they're going to ask you what's going on and what you're doing. And when you get somebody like that and you build a friendship with somebody like that, and a lot of times it happens in a short period of time and you'll build a friendship. And I had never had any real good friendship, real true friendships other than Beth. I've never had one. I might have always been superficial or for dope. And then, you know, I've talked about the, the gang or organization stuff and, you know, all that stuff. You call each other this and that, but ain't none of that even real. Uh, that's probably the fakest thing I ever had in my life, to be honest about it. Uh, it's definitely one of the biggest regrets, but um, 
in this program, you, you will build true friendships. And it's amazing friendships. Um, you just got to get out on that limb and ask that man to help you. Um, Can I say something? So, yeah. You are the five people you spend time with. So it's important to surround yourself with people that are positive and healthy and, and doing something with their life. It's so it's okay to care about people um, no matter where they are in their life, but it's important to be around people that are healthy and, and not toxic. For sure. I mean, we know what I would do. I'd always run, run back to that same crowd, but that's just because I was wanting to do dope. It wasn't that I, I really thought there was no big friendship there. I didn't, but I was loyal a lot of times to them. They wasn't to me, but um, anyway, all that's whatever. That's the, that's the old life. But that all that stuff's important. This program is important. Uh, it, it is. I know there's some people who don't have to do it. And Carrie, I'm a, I'll tell you about Nick's story. I know he don't mind. He tells it on here. Um, Nick was an alcoholic, and he quit drinking in 1998, I believe, Nick, I'm not wrong on that, um, due to a bet. And somebody made him a bet, and the bet was is that if he won, he would quit drinking, and if he lost, he would buy the rounds that week, and he won. He didn't think Denver was going was gonna to win, but they did, and so he quit drinking on that. Um, there's not many people that, that can say that, but what it says to me about Nick is that he's a man of his word. Um, he kept his word with his friend and didn't you tell me you still see him, Nick? Yes, sir. Yeah, you still see him. I remember, yeah, you said you gave him a hug every time you see him. And so, um, yeah, it, it's amazing. It, it's so many people need to hear that story too, you know. Uh, if, if you don't want to go on the program, I mean, give it a shot on yourself. But you got to remember, you need to be careful medically. You know, sometimes we forget about that part, especially with alcohol. Um, that's the worst one. You'll die faster off of that. And that in um, – Xanaxes and stuff. Um, don't get me wrong. You know, this this opioid stuff will kill you too, but uh, I don't know how I didn't die. I went through some of the worst withdrawals I mean, a person could imagine, and then I'd make them worse. I would I would take the Suboxone too early, and I'd always say I wouldn't. And the worst one ever, I was in a treatment center, and I was coming off of methadone, and, and I was doing fentanyl too. And uh, I had took fentanyl into the treatment center with me, and uh, – because I wouldn't back in. I wouldn't never win if I didn't have no drugs with me. And I went in with some. And so for the first three days, I sat in there high. And they knew it. You know, they knew I had it. And they watched me, you know, unbeknownst to me. I thought I was all cool or whatever. Nobody know. And, um, but when I was out, I immediately went down there and said, you're going to give me that Suboxone. And because um, I wasn't even really sick at the time. I just thought I was. And they didn't want to give it to me. And uh, then I just kind of forced the issue. And they were going to give it to me. And uh uh, they had already called Beth and told her what was going on, but I didn't know that. And as soon as they gave it to me, I mean, the second they gave it to me, I was using the bathroom and throwing up and snot was running out my nose. And um, I told him I wanted to use the phone. I said, I wanted my phone because they took your phone from me. I said, I want my phone. And he said, well, about that, we're going. I said, no, I'm going to count three, and you're going to see another side of me. You don't want to see. Long story short, and they give me my phone. But I called her, and I said, I need you to come and get me. And she said, I'm not coming to get you, and you're not coming home. You can do it in jail. You're going to be okay. She stood strong. Yeah, I don't know. How, <laughs> she sure did. She stood her ground, buddy. She was, and she didn't. She didn't come and get me. Um, but that that's one of the worst ones I've ever been through. But I was in a medical, you know, facility there. It's a little bit easier. But the worst one I ever had in jail, period, was it was some synthetic, some kind of synthetic drug I'd been doing. And 
I don't know what it was. It had the same effects as heroin, uh, and I'd been on it for a while, and uh, that one was really bad. I laid on the floor seven days. I, I didn't think. I thought I was going to die, too, but uh, I couldn't even get up off the floor half the time. They'd want me to go to medical, and I'm, I wouldn't even get up and go. My blood pressure um, got out of hand and all that stuff. So remember them things. Um, when you go to try to get sober, you know, reach out for help because it's not going to be easy. And, um, you know, this fentanyl stuff, or a lot of people, they don't even feel the withdrawal symptoms for days. You'll think you're okay. And it'll kind of come and go. And then it'll get really, really strong on you. And it, when it gets that to that point where it gets really, really strong, you're, you're in the danger zone there. Um, that's what it did to me. It, I went, I think, five days or, or something. It, it, was a, it was a long time. And then I got to where I couldn't take it no more. And uh, I've been through it. Like I said, I've been I've went one time in jail because my med dog didn't sleep for 13 days no sleep at all for 13 days i didn't eat not eating was a big thing and some people can sleep when they're detoxing i can't so um you know you add that to being in jail you know that's that's the main thing you want to do is sleep and um so my point is just be careful um because it's not a game and man they got all this other stuff they're putting in this stuff now and it's rotting in your skin out. I mean, so if it's rotting in your skin out. This is this is no joke either. Um, I want to say this real quick because it's going in everything and it's getting, if you have kids, um, this is for people, if you don't use or, or use, educate people on this. Xylazine, which is what they're calling the zines, anitazine, is a large animal tranquilizer. Um, and we knew about it over four years ago. Um, but they're just now talking about it. This is stuff that Narcan that can reverse the opioid effects uh, for overdose. Um, this does not, Narcan does not work on this. It's made for um, elephants, horses. Um, it's an anesthetic for animals and it's going in into these drugs and it's going into pressed pills that look just like something you'd get from a pharmacy um, it's, they're putting it in marijuana. It's going in, um, the cartridges that, that kids are smoking in vapes. Um, it is so dangerous. And the scary thing is it's over the counter. Um, you can buy it because it's used by the, um, is it farrier? I always say the wrong thing. When, when, it is. But, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it is. it is, it's very scary. Um, and you know, Jelly Roll was just talking when he was, um, you know, testifying in, with Congress or whatever over that, talking about he's afraid to give his daughter even a, a Tylenol. Um, it's He wants to make sure he sees the top come off of, you know, the paper come off the top of the pill bottle to make sure um, what he's what he's given his daughter. It's it's it is no joke. It's it's very scary. Um, and and if they get a hold and control this, this not as it's going to be something else. So it's important to educate um, people on this and, and children with, um, every five minutes, somebody dies from a drug overdose. That's crazy, That's man. That's so insane. scary. And, insane. and talking about mental health, every 11 minutes, somebody dies from suicide. Y'all, this is stuff that, can, um, that doesn't have to happen. No, but we don't in this country, man, we don't, we don't talk about it enough. You know, the soldiers, these veterans, and that that's another one that are in record numbers are, are taking their own life as well. And that pisses me off more than anything because this country, man, and come on, man, 
these these young men went over there and they're giving their life for getting messed up i mean for the rest of their life and we just don't do enough for them you know and but we give all this money to i don't even get on that i really get on a rent i don't want to get on all that stuff but it's it's really bad um but we don't see enough about it there's more and more people now i've noticed on social media that are talking about stuff i'm not a big social media guy i am now just because of what i'm doing with this podcast um but on these videos and stuff there are a lot more people are coming out making videos about it um i try to like all them and send them people a message every time i can and i would encourage anybody else to do the same thing just let them know that that um someone's listening uh, i saw one where it's a it's a young man and he's <clears throat> sitting there and he's playing with a baby and he's all happy and everything he, he took his own life the next day um you know if you if you see something you see somebody's off a little bit you know what i mean even if you don't want to get in their business get in it i know it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes they might push back but give it a chance you know take a shot and see um because it happens overnight uh, it did for me uh, i went to bed one night and i woke up the next morning and i was different i was a different person um i didn't know what was going on i knew something went right but everything changed i was sitting in I'd get up in the morning and I would leave my house and I'd go sit in a parking lot somewhere in just a random parking lot. And I'd sit there all day long until it got dark and then I'd go back home. Why? I don't know. Uh, I don't have a clue of why I would do that. It was something in my head. Um, so just look for the signs and the same thing, you know, for, for parents, you know, pay close attention to your children um, because uh, you would rather them get pissed off at you than bury them. Um, and, and again, you know, i used to say the same thing i used to say man they're putting fentanyl on everything and in some cases they are i'm not gonna lie these predators or put it in stuff um stuff like that but more times than not something's been weighed on the same scale as fentanyl was and it only takes a trace amount and you're dead especially if you haven't been doing it and if you've been sober for a while you're dead and that's what happens in a lot of cases is that people get sober and then they relapse and they go back out and um we very, very good. It makes us so don't fooled by the happy. That's right. Yeah, don't be fooled by the happy. Um, and that's the ones that are really serious and, and very serious about it is the ones that we don't know. Uh, my nephew, he, he took his own life, and um, no one knew. Uh, he knew he had some stuff going on as far as in relationship, but he was a fighter, and he had had a few head injuries and stuff, and they think that's what kind of did. No one really knows, you know. Um, he had four kids he left behind, and. And you leave a wake behind you, man. People will never be the same because they're just not going to understand it. Uh, no matter what, they're not going to understand why you did that. And Carrie said her cousin did too. I remember she told me that yesterday or last night. And it's, it's sad. Um, you know, somebody's going to get that phone call and somebody's got to find your body. And whether it be your wife, your parents, um, husband, whatever it may be. And there's always a better way. And, you know, they say in, this, in these programs and stuff, you hear a lot of people say it gets better. It gets better for mental health too. I promise you it does. Um, I'm living proof of that as well. I've got better with both of them and I was not in a good place at all mentally. Um, it was scary. It was just like I was on drugs. It was the same thing. Um, so it's scary. With that though, you gotta be careful because if you're not doing the work, it doesn't matter. You're right. You show up to meetings and you can, you can do whatever, you know, don't go to the liquor store and hide for like the first time I was so, or it was five years. Um, I just sat in my room all day. I literally didn't see anybody and then didn't meet new people. I white knuckled it for five years and then went back out and went hard, hard core. Cause it doesn't work unless you're actually doing the steps, unless you're <coughs> working. And then, you know, when you get a year or two in and you get complacent, 
you got to do something because that's when it creeps back in and you're yep you got to keep you got to keep working the steps over and over Mm -hmm. i've done it i've done it twice five years well and then four years second time i didn't isolate myself i had a job i was working and everything but you know even when you get years in you still gotta make sure you're paying attention and me always did drugs by myself always um, I'd be around people a very short period of time. I remember back in the days when I was still shooting drugs, Beth would stay on the phone with me just to make sure I made it through it. I mean, so you can only imagine what that was doing to her. And um, and that's why her heart is where it is today with it. And uh, that kind of got me there when I said that. But You know, we got to think about what we're doing to somebody else, man. We don't. Um and these things are going to eat your ass up also when you get sober. So you got to find a way to deal with it. And that's the, where the mental health part comes in. Um, if it's not eating you up, you're not, you're not healing. You're not dealing with it. Um, it's tough. You know, I want to say, I wish I could tell you it's going to be easy. It gets easier, but think about what you do for your drug. Think about to, you'd go to the ends of the earth to get it. I would, but nothing stopped me. I don't give a damn if I had a plastic screwdriver and you had a metal tank in front of me, I'd get through that metal tank to get it. I promise you I would. And so do the same thing for your life um, because you're worth it. Um, Someone sat in a meeting tonight. People were in the back because there wasn't no chairs in front. Dude said, come sit on the floor. You sit on the floor for your dope. So, and that's true. Um, Doing drugs really bad. I don't know why people do drugs. I don't either. Uh, Mine started with accident. I had an accident when I was a kid. I was already addict. I truly believe that my mother done heroin with me when, when she was pregnant with me. I don't say that a lot. I don't talk about it a lot, but I just know she told me she did in the seventies and, uh, I just happened to be born then. Um, and so, um, I kind of think that because my brother's not an addict. Um, he used to smoke pot, uh, like most people smoke cigarettes, but, uh, last I heard, he hasn't been doing that in a while now either. So, but he didn't get the full addict gene, you know, um, I did. And that's why I do believe that. But, uh, the guy that got her pregnant, he was alcoholic as well. So I just had a double whammy. I had it all around me. Um, and the shit's real. It's a spiritual thing also, you know. Um, you got to get your spirit right. Something in your spirit's wrong. There's, there's other things. There's underlying problems there that you have to deal with. If you don't deal with them, you're just not going to get any better. And that's where steps come in. But the steps can also come in for the family members, people that love you. If that works them too, it'll help them too. Because you got to remember, you're getting help. And you're getting all better. And the ones who love you are sitting at home. They're not getting any help. And so they're they're mad. They're pissed off. They got all kinds of resentments, as they should have. And they're ready to talk. And you're not ready. And uh, you got to get it right. Because um, if you don't, uh, it's showing you still on, honey. I don't know why. Like, oh, I see now you're gone. Okay, well, best gone. Um, I'm going to end this thing in about five minutes anyway, y'all. It's going to give us a good hour. Um, as always, Nick, thank you, buddy. Uh, anybody's got anything to share or say you're more than welcome you can um i think it's been a pretty good show uh nick i hope things get better for you buddy i know you got some stuff going on oh yeah it will yeah it will. it'll all work itself out man um my heart goes out to you because uh, like i said i used to be the guy that would do them kind of things man and uh, i hate it for you um and unfortunately man that's the world we live in today um it's only gonna get worse it's not gonna get any better um, did any, did any of y'all see, I'm going to touch on this real quick. Did y'all see where this Elon Musk guy is already, his scientists or whatever have already planted a, a microchip in someone's brain. Did y'all see that? No, I hadn't seen that. 
Yeah, check that out. I saw a story the other day. I just happened to see it. And then someone told me earlier that, yeah, he's already done it. Um, all this goes back to the Bible, in my opinion. And it's just, I kind of wondered about that guy anyway. He's a little, he's a little weird because, you know, Andrew felt on his own at this point. And I'm on it. You're right, Carrie. I mean, you just, you just told me my life right there. Exactly how I felt. Um, because, you know, again. The first one makes you, makes you feel good. And it doesn't matter what happened before that. So you just keep doing it because you felt good. That's why you probably didn't know what it felt like to feel that real good. It doesn't stay like that. Uh, it, at some point it turns and it's just you got to have it. You don't get the happy feeling anymore. Or whatever nope. feeling it is you're getting. But it, you, it doesn't feel like that. And then you really are unloved and, and unwanted and hope to be invisible at that point. Because you're, nobody wants you around them. Nobody shows you love. They may love you, but they're they're not showing anything. They don't want you near them. They don't want you ruining their celebrations. They don't want you, you know, showing up drunk to a birthday party for for your two year old nephew. You know, it's that kind of thing that they don't want. So you then you just create it for yourself. You're right. You have, to have it. It's too late. Your body says nope. I gotta have it, or your brain says you gotta have it. Yep. That's you're using. That one time took you out of everything, like you said, and. And you feel like somebody, and I know for me, I was already, I'd already been drinking and smoking pot and stuff, but when I took that first opioid pill, man, it was a different ball game. Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday, and it's been a long, long, long time ago. It's been, uh, whew, man, it's been, what, 33 years ago. Wow, when I took the first one. Man, I'm getting old. But All right, guys. Uh, Beth lost power, and she, everybody, so she said bye. Um, she went off uh carrie thank you for coming on i do appreciate it i appreciate you listening to all my shows and bobby thank you so much uh you come on here so much and again it, that tells me that people who are, are not dealing with issues and these kind of things are still listening so I'm, I'm doing something right nick thank you buddy um i'll be back on what is today y'all monday i'll be back on wednesday night live if i don't save me and beth i don't know what day beth and i are going to do the mental health one i'll put it on facebook and all that stuff so everyone knows um and I'll be in, in touch again. If anybody needs any help, you can reach me at dangentrypodcast at gmail.com or Facebook and Messenger and all that stuff. Just send me a message and I'll get back to you. I promise you. And uh, everybody have a good night. Uh, God bless. Please, just everybody, uh, just reach out, man. That's the most important thing. No matter what it is you got going on, I don't care if you think you're eating too much. If you feel like it's a problem, reach out. Just whatever, whatever kind of A you think you might have, uh, and we'll get you some help. Again, thank you, everybody. We love y'all and God bless.